everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday Night Watch Party, and we are so excited that you're on. And I am so glad that you're with us right now. Also, I'm so glad all you guys are together with me. We are socially distanced, by the way, so if you wonder about that. So it's a great way to be together in fellowship, and we're going to celebrate God. Uh, we're going to tune into a lot of amazing things, but you would not want to have a watch party without food. So uh, every week we have something. Last week we had grape leaves from Tracy. Uh, the week before that, uh, I can't, oh, I made steak, New York steak. And tonight we're getting ready for Christmas. So what did we have? Rice crispy treats, yes. which by the way, I'm going to hold these up. My wife made them. This is Pam's special recipe. <laughs> Pam's watching. She gets it off the box. So yeah, if you want to know the special recipe, just buy the box. And, and, but it's something good about it. So we had regular and we had cocoa crispy rice crispy treats. Laura, you liked. Regular. And Bill, you liked. I'm a regular guy. Regular. And Travis. I haven't tried them yet, but oh. I know I'm going to like both. Oh. All right, try. Okay, he's in on it. All right, and Isaiah. Regular. Regular. Okay, I'm a Cocoa Crispy. Uh, I like the chocolate, Tracy's chocolate. Uh, so uh, Tyler's regular. Yes, regular for sure. Okay, there we go. All right, so anyway, it's just about having food and fun and being together. It's also about friends. And tonight we have two friends with us that normally are not with us, John and Edgar, and they're on screens. And Edgar, your violin is from 1885, is that right? Wow, 1885. So yeah, two years after I was born. No, <laughs> I'm the old guy in the room. But dude, it is so good to have you here with us, both of you guys. And uh, we're gonna start tonight by worshiping, but we're gonna worship with one of my favorite Christmas carols. I think Christmas carols, the right kind of Christmas carols, are some of the most amazing ways to worship God. And this one, it's not only the melody that I love, uh, but it's the words of the song that get me. And it's a song called God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And uh, I want to pray, and I invite you, you know, if, if read the words, sing along, um, you know, just be with us in this moment. But most of all, let God be with you. Father, I praise you and thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. And at Christmas time, we celebrate the gift of Christ who's come for each one of us that we might be saved from Satan's ploys and schemes, that we might have your rest. And so I pray in this time that, Lord, your hand would be with us, your love would be in us as we seek to worship you now in Jesus' name. Amen.
guys there. I love having all you here. By the way, um, today is a very, very special day. Today is Travis's birthday. Yeah. And Travis, yeah. So we got a cake and uh, Laura, I think we got to sing happy birthday. Oh, okay. Yes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, thank you guys so much. It means a lot to me. You have, absolutely. Oh my well, we're, we're so blessed fun. to have you, man. We really are. And what a blessing to have you here tonight on your birthday with us. And, and uh, I hope you know that we really do treasure and value you. Yeah, really. I definitely do. It's been a pleasure being a part of this ministry for sure. And I'm, I'm blessed. My family's blessed. And I mean, just being able to bless others as well throughout, through the ministry has been a huge blessing in my life. So thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah. One time, by the way, there was a church uh, called Parkway Pathway Christian Church, not far from here. And they needed someone to lead worship. And so we scrambled and Travis dove in and he just went and showed such love to that church and such love to the people that uh, I kept hearing about that, and you just did it as a servant, man. 
So I know you don't want the glory for it, but I, I do. It's, it matters. It matters you went and did that and uh, that you would do that. Just, man, I want to help other people. So thanks. Thanks for that too. By the way, we are in a season called Boldly Blessed. Now, what is that? That's where you give $1 more than you would normally give to the Lord per person, per week. And then we take that amount of money and we go change someone's life. And here's what I want you to know. We're going to talk tonight. Tonight's a part two on how to hear God's voice, on how to know when he's speaking to you. But uh, Tracy leads a team of people. And the number one thing they do is pray and say, God, who should we bless? What should we do? And this last week, they had God speak to them. And as a matter of fact, what I was told, they had their own version of the milk story. If you didn't hear it, you could go hear it last week of a guy who God spoke and it just started this ripple effect of change. So guess what happened? They went out and they blessed one person. Another person was listening and saw what happened, came up and talked to Tracy and, and the team she was with. They ended up sharing the gospel. She ended up coming on Sunday and she came forward crying. I mean, she was bawling her eyes out and she gave her life to Christ. This Sunday, I'm going to baptize her. Is that awesome or what? So... Um, you're not going to see her in the video. Uh, you can see her on Sunday. But I want you to watch what happens when we choose, all of us together, to be a blessing to others by boldly blessing. Watch this.
love being a part of a church who so generously blesses people in our community. And we want to continue to bless people in need each week this Christmas season because Christmas really is all about generosity. It's the time when we celebrate that God was so generous with us by sending his only son Jesus to the earth as a baby to save us and show us how much he loves us. And so it seems only right in this season that we would give back to God and to others as a demonstration of our gratefulness and our love for him. So we're asking everyone watching to give what you would normally give to God, plus $1 every week this month, so that we can not only do the amazing ministry that we already do, but also we can go out and bless people in our community who are in need this Christmas season. You can join us in these blessings by texting the word GIVING to 69922. And if you've never given here at Crossroads, this is a great time to start by giving just $1, and then you can tune in next week to see how your dollar made a difference in someone's life. Crossroads, I cannot wait to see how God uses your generosity this week to bless more people. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for such a generous church, and I thank you for the way we were able to bless those nine food service workers this week. I pray, Lord, that you would use people's generosity to bless more this week. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, I don't know about you, but I love the fact that we get to be uh, together, all of us together, a part of changing lives and letting people know they have value and letting them know that God sees them. And so, you know what, we're going to keep doing that all through the Christmas season. So I invite you to join with all of us and giving a dollar more per person a week and, and then watching what God does is we, we just put ourselves into moments like that together. And you know what? This week, there are people who are now be able to celebrate Christmas because of you. And I don't want you to miss that. And, and I want you to know God, God loves to bless. And when he blesses us, what do we do? We bless God and bless others because you're blessed to be a blessing, which is how I live my life. Some people go, oh, that's a cliche. <laughs> no, that's a life statement for me. Uh, that's what I really believe. Every time I get blessed, I want to bless God and bless others. Uh, by the way, uh, before I dive in the message about how to hear God's voice part two, um, on Tuesday, we were supposed to have Dallas Jenkins with us. Uh, Dallas is the creator, the writer, uh, the director, uh, the producer of my all-time favorite uh, video series, TV series, called The Chosen, and it's, you can stream it on YouTube or on The Chosen app. Uh, I think it really is one of the best things ever. My grandkids watched it with me, and they were on the edge of their seat. Uh, Pam and I now have watched it, I don't know how many times, just because it's so binge-worthy, and they're filming season two now. So we had Dallas on and everything fell apart. I mean, it fell apart. I mean, technical difficulties. Uh, we couldn't hear him. It was jumbled. He couldn't hear us. He tried to hang in. And let me tell you what happened. The whole time, he had an amazingly great and gracious attitude. This guy is so busy. He's so busy. They're getting ready for their major Christmas special, December 13th, with Mandisa, Keegan Country, Phil Wickham, uh, and it goes on and on and on. And he took time to be with us. And so uh, what happened is I personally was blessed by how he was just so forgiving and gracious and caring and kept his attitude so good. Tracy, would you agree with that? Tracy's behind camera right now. Yeah, I know. He was super gracious and uh, he's excited to come back with us. So we're going to do another recording and you can see it on uh, December 18th, Friday at 5. 
Okay, December 18th, Friday at 5, he'll be back. He said right away he wanted to come back. And I want to tell you what else he did. He gave us the rights and permission to use a video he made that is incredible called The Shepherd. And it's how our Christmas story is built uh, around the amazing, amazing story that's in that video. You don't want to miss that. And I think our Christmas uh, uh, show is December 20th, right, Tracy? Uh, Right, Laura? Yeah, December 20th. December 20th, Tyler. Okay, yeah. So 9, 11, and after that on demand, right? So it's going to be really, really good. Uh, Laura uh, uh, sings this amazing song in it. Uh, and it, I think I've told you guys, she's like one of my favorite singers ever anyway. So uh, it's really true. And, uh, but anyway, I don't want you to miss out on that. All right, but let's do this. Uh, let's pray. And then I want to talk about how to, how to hear the voice of God. And I'll do a quick recap, and then we'll dive into part two. Father, I thank you so much that you speak to us. That our relationship with you is real that God, you're not a God who's far but near. And you give us direction, you give us guidance, and you do it in so many different ways. We know clearly your word is one way, but we also know, Lord, there's times that you speak to us. And, and in those moments, we need, to, we need to listen. We need to be like Samuel who said, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. And may we all say to you those words, speak, because we're listening, we're listening, we're listening. Um, I want to remind you of a quote Charles Stanley said. Charles Stanley said this, when we walk in the spirit, our spiritual antennas are alert to God and we can hear what he is saying. This is the normal Christian life, living keenly, responsively to the voice of God in whatever fashion he may choose to speak to us. We can be involved in our business or, or our families and hear God say something. And we immediately know what to do. Charles Stanley could not be more right. God is speaking. God is speaking. In Job 33, verse 14, it says this. Indeed, by the way, indeed means it's the truth. It's the truth. Indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. So God has been speaking at times to you. The question is, did you have your spiritual antennas up to hear from him? And so I want you to know that last week we went to Job chapter 33 to talk about three ways that God speaks to us. Uh, One way he speaks is in a dream. Uh, God does give dreams. And so at times he'll give dreams. And so I talked in that message about how to know whether a dream's from God or a dream's not from God. And then my wife Pam was here and she shared about experiencing God. God speaking to her in dreams in ways that became life-changing for other people. The second way it says in Job 33, God speaks is in physical pain. And if you don't understand that, go back to last week's message because I dealt with that so you can understand how God might use physical pain to actually speak to you. But the third one we got into, we only got halfway into it, is it says in Job 33 that God speaks by a mediator. Now, it specifically says an angel. The word angel means someone who brings a message. And that can mean and does mean that God will use an angelic being, an angel from heaven, to come and give a message to you. And Lisa Mitchison, one of our pastors last week, shared what I thought was a, 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 like an awe-inspiring story of a time that God used an angel to speak to her. And it guided our church. And that's had a ripple effect in the lives of now thousands of people. But God also may use people. And that's where I want to start something new. 
God may use a person to come and speak to you. And you might have had a moment where someone's sharing something and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. There's something more going on here. Especially like Charles Stanley said, if your spiritual antenna is up, you know that something more is going on. Uh, A time that happened in the Bible was when Moses was in a moment of being overwhelmed and stressed out in a way that it was wearing him out. Uh, By the way, I don't know if any of you guys in this season feel a little overwhelmed uh, at times and stressed out right? So here Moses was experiencing that and everything was getting more confusing and more chaotic. Please don't miss this. God is not a God of confusion or chaos. So what does he do? He'll, if you open up to him, he'll bring someone to you or he'll show you maybe through another way how to put away the confusion and gain clarity and not live in the midst of the chaos. Uh, So God wanted to do that for Moses. So what happened is this. uh, He is trying to oversee the people. He's trying to, in his case, mediate or, or help people solve their problems. And the people start coming to him and more are coming to him and more are coming to him. And everybody's like, Moses, we need to talk to you. Moses, we need to be with you. Everybody wants Moses. And it's wearing him out and it's wearing them out because the line is long. The weight is incredible. And so what happens is God sends his father-in-law, an older man, to bring wisdom And it's God's wisdom at a time Moses needs it. Uh, It's a long section of scripture, but don't miss it. Exodus chapter 18, verse 17. Moses' Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you're doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you for the task is too heavy for you and you cannot do it alone. Now listen to me and I will give you counsel and God be with you. You be the people's representative before God. You bring the disputes to God. Then teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and, and, and the work they are to do. Listen to what it goes on to say. Furthermore, you shall select out of the people able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain. And you shall place them over uh, as leaders of thousands and of hundreds and of fifties and of tens. Then let them judge the people at all times. And let it be that every major dispute they bring to you, but every minor dispute, they themselves are the judge. So it will be easier for you and they will bear the burden with you. Now listen to verse next verse. Look at this. If you do this and God so commands you do. God so commands you. Jethro was bold enough to say, what I'm telling you is not from me. It's from God. It's from God for you. He said, then you will be able to endure the, and all the people will be in a place, it will go to their place in peace. Now, what I want you to not miss is uh, Jethro was right. All of us who know leadership, I, I can't imagine any leader not pointing to this wisdom and say, look at what it says. It's wise to let people team up with you. It's wise to delegate responsibility with them. It's really wise not to do it alone. And that's great leadership. Moses at that moment didn't know it. No matter how much training he thought he had, how much knowledge he did have, what he needed was God's wisdom. And how did he get God's wisdom? Interestingly, God earlier had spoken directly to Moses. In this case, God didn't. God spoke through somebody else. And God does that. God will send other people to speak to you. 
Um, I remember there was a time, and I'll probably refer to it more than once when you're with me, uh, when we were in the midst of chaos and confusion here at Crossroads. And I was in a leadership crisis. And I remember I went to a supermarket called El Tapatio. I don't know if you guys know that one. It's not even around anymore. But, but what's it called now? Anybody know? Um, okay, it's, it's still awesome. It's an awesome supermarket. Uh, so anyway, um, I went there. I was coming out. I got in my car. And I sat there and I thought, I don't know what to do. And the phone rang and I picked it up. And it was a man named Tim Coop. Tim had been my mentor. Tim's in heaven now. But Tim called and he said, Chuck, I heard you're in a really rough season and a rough time. And I said, Tim, I am. And I think I'm blowing it. Um, I don't think I'm doing a good job. I, I don't know what to do. And he said, well, I just feel like God wants me to tell you two things. Number one, you'll get through this. You're going to get through this. And number two, you're going to come out better on the other side. And you know what? I believe that God spoke through him. I be- number one, we got through it. And number two, uh, those of you guys who knew me in that time, I would think you would say, Chuck, you're better. You're better. You're more humble. Uh, you listen better. Uh, you're more in tune to God. And you know what is I think you love uh, unconditionally in a way that you never did before. And I believe that, that that really was God speaking through Tim. Tyler, you had a time where God sent someone to you. Yeah, we were just talking about that earlier. Um, so quite a few years ago when I was 21, um, I was just going through some seasons in my life where I was just trying to, I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going, what I needed to focus on, and just where I was at. I was, uh, I was a manager at Guitar Center in San Bernardino, uh, running the drum department over there. And uh, one morning, um, we had just opened up, maybe, I don't know, for like 30 minutes or so, and um, in walks this gentleman, and I hadn't seen him before. And uh, so I... I'm the only guy in the department at the moment, and so I walk up and start talking to him and welcome him and stuff and um, <laughs> try to talk about drum stuff, and he just, like, stopped, and he just said, you know, I, 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 I'm I, not a musician. I'm not a drummer or anything like that. I just, you know, I was driving down the freeway, down the 10 freeway. I worked in San Bernardino, and he's like, I just felt like the Lord called me to exit, and at that point, we hadn't talked anything about being a Christian or the Lord or anything, and he's all that. I just started driving down the road, and I told him to turn left and told me to pull in here and walk into this room and talk to somebody. And he called my name out. He said, uh, are, you, are you Tyler? And I was like, uh, yes. I'm the only one in here. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, he just said, I, I feel like the Lord just wants me to tell you if you just focus on him and continue to um, <clears throat> just just lean into him and into spending time with him, and then he would guide my paths. And he would bless me and take me much further than I ever dreamed or wanted. And um, if you ever met my wife and know what I get to do every day, then you know that's true. And um, if it wasn't for that moment, I'll never forget it. And it was just, it was, you know, I never felt the Lord more audibly to speak to me than that guy. So it was pretty incredible. Man, and the emotion you're feeling right now, huh? it, it, I think people can probably pick it up. But like you're on the verge of tears that God did that in your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I love that, man. I love that. I love that God did that. And, and now, I bet in the moment you knew it was the Lord, but you, today you look back and it's even more clear. Yeah. It, you know, I, at 21, I, you know, I was, you know, yeah, I was trying to find myself. I didn't know who I was, what I was doing. And so it was, I had grown up in the church. I think I, I can, can't remember a weekend not going to church since I was probably five. And so, um, it definitely made it real to me. You know, I had learned all these 
you know, Bible stories and all these things and what, what to do and what not to do and all this stuff. And for the first time in my life, I heard him speak to me. Uh, and through somebody, it was flooring. I, you know, how do you feel after that? You just <laughs> you feel cared for and loved and by something that you've never seen, you know, other than through, yeah. Yeah, and by the way, I want to bring that out. What Tyler said is that one reason God speaks to us is because he does care for us. He does love us. And you picked up on that right away. That's what God was doing, was caring for you and loving you. And uh, by the way, uh, all of us would say this, but Laura and Charles are on staff. And uh, I think all of us are praising God for that moment that someone was sent. Would you say that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we love having Tyler here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... And how God did that, how God worked in that moment. See, God does that. That's what I don't want you to miss. This is not the exception. It's the norm. That's what Charles Stanley said that's so true. That's what God said in Job. He goes, I'm speaking once and twice. Are you listening? Are you listening to me? And by the way, when Samuel was just even a little boy, um, God spoke to him and he ran to a priest named Eli. And Eli said, it's the Lord. Go back and say these words. Speak because your servant's listening. Uh, And I I think you and I need to say that. We need to say those words, speak because your servant's listening. And so God does speak. Uh, God speaks uh, in dreams. God speaks in physical pain. God speaks through angels, actual angels. And God speaks through other people, just like Tyler experienced. God does do that. And so I want you to know that he, he speaks in all those ways. He speaks in his word most clearly when you read the Bible and you have that prompting in you going, oh, that, that God's got a special uh, uh, application for me. By the way, you don't get a special message. <laughs> you get a special application, right, Charles? We've got to keep the theology right on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, but, but here's what I do want to say. There's another way he speaks, and that's directly to you in a still, small voice. And you may not always know it's the Lord in the moment. Uh, Jesus was with Simon Peter and with all of the other apostles uh, in a place that is just, uh, I think, honestly, one of the most awe-inspiring places to be. It's Caesarea Philippi. It's a place where the gates of hell exist. And you could feel that, but you could also feel something else. And so that's where there's a huge cave that's called the gate of hell. Jesus brought the apostles there and he said to them, who do people say that I am? And so he, some said, well, you're Elijah the prophet. Others said, you know, you're, so, you're a great teacher. By the way, then Simon Peter said these words, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus in Matthew 16, 17 said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who's in heaven. In that moment, Peter didn't know. He didn't know what was going on, but the message came to him from God that he said to Jesus, but even more to everybody else. And and the Lord looked at him and said, God is speaking to you. God is speaking in you. God is speaking through you. And that can happen. That can happen. Uh, By the way, uh, Pam, I know you're watching. God uses me to, no, I'm kidding, (laughs) to speak to you. (laughs) This is our moment, Pam. But, uh, but, But but what I want you to know is that God does do that. Elijah was at a point in his life where he thought everything had ended. Matter of fact, it was so bad, he actually said, just kill me now. Take me, Lord, I want to die. He really did not want to go on. And uh, I don't know if you've ever felt like that, if you've ever felt like, you know what, everything is lost, everything's a waste, nothing matters anymore. 
And, and he was in a very real deep depression. Uh, and there's a lot that God did with him and for him to bring him out of the depression. The one thing God didn't do is turn his back on Elijah, who's one of the greatest prophets who ever lived. Which, by the way, let me say this. He, it's not that he didn't have faith. It's not that he didn't know God. Some of you right now who are, and, and this is super important. Some of you right now, you know the Lord, but you're struggling with depression. It's not that you're not a Christian. It's not that God doesn't love you. Elijah fought through that. By the way, Paul did too. Paul talked about a time in his life he felt that. So what I want you to know, but God did come close. God did care. Like Tyler said, God wanted Elijah to feel cared for. God wants you to feel cared for. So one of the things that God did is he brought him up onto a mountain where he could get away from it all and just be with the Lord. Just get away from it all where he could just be with the Lord. And then God wanted him in a place where he would not be distracted so he would hear the voice of God. And it's in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. It says, Then Elijah came there to a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And these are key words. He said to him. So God spoke to him. By the way, God will speak to you. And God asked him a question. He said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, the sons of of Israel have forsaken your covenant and torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. Now listen to the next line. And I alone am left and they seek to take away my life. Which by the way, he wasn't alone. There were 400 others, but he was so off in his perspective, so deep in his despair that he couldn't sense that not only was God with him, but 400 other people were surrounding him. So he said, God said, go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And before the Lord, and behold, the Lord was passing by. And a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking them in pieces of the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And the wind, after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire... The sound of a gentle blowing. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, interesting, in that one passage, God speaks to Elijah four times. I don't want you to miss that. Four times he speaks to him, but he doesn't speak to him in a strong wind. He doesn't speak to him in an earthquake and he doesn't speak to him in a raging fire. Those things were monumental and incredible. And I think they probably shook him up. Uh, by the way, uh, we just had some strong winds here, right? Right, yeah, yeah. I live on a house that's on top of a hill, so I get it worse than any of you guys, okay? Um, and then we also have fires in California, right? And we just, just had two in Corona. Uh, and, and we haven't had our earthquake yet. God's trying to yeah. say something. Yeah. <laughs> right, Laura. By the way, you know what? I wonder if he wasn't taken to Southern California. Wind, fire, earthquakes. Yeah. yeah. Really it's just like, man. Okay. I, I don't want to get too far off, but have you guys been in a bad earthquake uh, before? Do you, do you remember one? Anybody? If Travis? 
Yeah, I, I grew up in the in Wrightwood, which is right on the San Andreas <laughs> fault. So anytime we had an earthquake, whole house shook and things would fall over, and you just duck and cover and hope for the best kind of deal. Yeah, and it gets you like it gets your attention, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I don't. I, I one time we had crossroads. The Lake Elsinore earthquake hit, and uh, we have a huge stadium with three thousand seats. And I literally saw the seats riding up and down. Uh, Charles, you yeah, remember that, right? I saw that too. Yeah, and you could see people going up and down, up and down. And and that day, I am not kidding. A ton of people came forward and gave their lives to the Lord. So uh, they really did. They were coming. <laughs> Okay, I'm way off where I should be. God speaks, that's the point. And there's the fire, there's the earthquake, there's the wind, but God wasn't in any of those. It says, where was he? It was in a gentle blowing, and actually the Hebrew word there is uh, the idea of a gentle whisper. The New Living Translation actually translates it that way. Not a gentle blowing, but a gentle whisper. It's a Hebrew word that means a hushed, gentle whisper. A hushed, gentle whisper. Um, I'm not going to say this always works, but one time I was with a child who had autism and he was starting to act up. And so people were like, stop. stop. And they were all saying things like that to him pretty loudly, pretty aggressively. And he, he, he was autistic and he, it didn't phase him. And so I, I did it. I said, Jonathan. And he all of a sudden stopped and looked. The gentle whisper got him. Isn't that interesting? Uh, sometimes you, you try that, just do the gentle whisper and like, what are you saying? Like it'll get your attention, you know? And God was speaking to him in a gentle whisper. God very often does that. Now, when we talk about a gentle, hushed whisper, that, that could be an audible voice. I don't want to say it never is, but a more often than not is something inside your mind. It's, it's that thought that comes to you. Uh, sometimes instead of calling it a whisper, Although that's accurate, we call it a prompting. We call it a prompting. And that's how the Holy Spirit speaks. It's like this gentle breeze, this prompting that comes. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done that. Have you ever just sat there and, and you just started wanting to be more aware of your surroundings? And, and I teach people to do that as a way to get close to God, but also to relax. And uh, very often I'll, I'll, I'll say, okay, I need you to sit. I need you to fill your mind with God. And I take them through a process of how they can do that. And then I'll say, so, okay, what did you feel? And so many times they'll say, oh, I could feel a breeze. And then I'll say, did you feel the breeze before we did this? And they're like, no. See, that's what happened with Elijah. God got him on the mountain. And God said, where are you? What are you doing here? And he began to sense the very still, gentle voice of God moving, speaking to him. Jesus talked about this with Nicodemus. Um, by the way, I brought up Dallas Jenkins. He has an incredible scene at the very end of the first season where Nicodemus meets with Jesus and they interact together. It, it's just a great way to understand what happened. Nicodemus was a religious leader. Nicodemus was a person who worshiped God. By the way, he was even right on. Don't miss that. But something was missing. Something was missing. And what was missing is he needed to be born again. By the way, you need to understand that one of the most religious people around needed to be born again. He needed to have a new creation happen in his life where he now could have the Holy Spirit and be sensitive to God and have a relationship with God. And Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb. Be born, can he? 
He goes, you're telling me I have to be born again, but how does that work? I don't get it. And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. And you and I, we were all born in the flesh, but we need to be born again in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this in verse 7. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you know what Jesus said? He said, what Elijah experienced, that gentle blowing, that whisper, is what you need to start experiencing. The whisper of God, that prompting of God, that thought that comes. Now, most of the time people will say, but Pastor Chuck, how do I know if it's God or if it's just me? And I would tell you the the very words that Eli told Samuel, ask. When all of a sudden a thought comes, like Lori, a thought comes, Isaiah, a thought comes. Uh, Bill, when that thought comes and you're like, and just say, Lord, is that you? And you're going to start to experience it. The more you do it, the more you will begin to understand. And, uh, and, and that's what you need to understand. The Bible teaches by doing, we understand. And so the more you do it, the more you're going to understand it. But what happens is you need to be in tune. You need to be like Charles Stanley said, have your spiritual antennas up. Uh, you need to be aware that the breeze is blowing. You might be so distracted by everything else. You're not even aware of the breeze of the Holy Spirit, the gentle moving of the Spirit. And now you need to tune into that. It's interesting, it was on March the 20th of 2005 in Indonesia. Charles is from Indonesia, and you know what I'm about to talk about, I think, right now. In March the 20th of 2005, um, what happened is a group uh, in a very small tribe called the Mokins. Is that the right name, yes. Charles? Bill is also from Indonesia. Are you from Indonesia, Bill? Yeah, okay, so do you know about the Mokins? A little bit, a little bit. Okay, you're about to know more. <laughs> Charles, you know about them, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So this, what happened is that they got up in the morning, and these people live probably, I think, Charles, what, about 95% of their lives on the water. Yes. Uh, they're an amazing group, very peaceful group, family-oriented group of people. Uh, and the, I, Indonesia has islands everywhere, water everywhere, right, Bill? Yeah. And so what happens is they live their lives that way. But it was March the 20th, 2000. And what happens is they're on the water and they look around and they all of a sudden realize something was wrong. And so they immediately went into action and and the water was real still. The wind was real calm, but they went into action and the the chief, would chief be the accurate word? Yes. Yeah. So (laughs) you'll help me here, Charles. The chief divided everybody up and they went out warning everybody, run for cover, run for cover. Some landed on the the, the beaches and they ran screaming, get off the beach, get off the beach, get off the beach. And everyone's looking at them like they're crazy. They they, they took their uh, canoes and they went up to huge uh, ocean vessels and they said, get out to sea, get out to sea. Here's what's really sad. The people on the beach didn't listen. But the people on the major ships did because they knew the Mokins. And they knew the Mokins knew. And all of a sudden they turned and started going out to sea as fast as they could. And because of that, many, many, many lives were saved. And Charles, that's right, right? A lot of the boats were saved. The ships were saved because they listened to the Mokins who were so in tune with what was going on. And what was going on is one of the greatest tsunamis that ever hit came that day. 
And people ask, how did you? Matter of fact, not one Moken life was lost. Not one. And many ships were saved, and many people on the beach finally listened. The ones who didn't listen were destroyed. But the question came, how did you know? And their answer was, we, we felt the breeze. And we knew when the breeze stopped. Uh, Charles, that is pretty astounding, isn't it? It's amazing. It's an amazing story, yeah. I'm actually surprised you know about the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got to go to Indonesia with Charles. Yeah, right. And by that's the way, right. God spoke to us there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah more than once. Uh, but, but here's what's so wild is that's what I believe Christians are. I, I, Charles, would you agree that's, that defines us, is that we're moving through life. We're the only ones who can really sense God and His Spirit. And all around us are people who can't. And there are some of you that right now God is saying to us to tell you, hey, you need, you need to surrender your life to Christ. You need to open up to Him. Uh, just like Tyler said, you need to know a God who cares for you and loves you. And you need to be ready to say to Him that you want to give your life to Him. And this is your moment. It's not about being religious. It's, Nicodemus was very religious. It's about being in a very real relationship with the Lord who speaks to you in a dream, who speaks to you in physical pain, who speaks to you through an angel or through other people, who speaks to you in your mind and in your heart. Some of you, God's speaking to you in your heart right now. Who speaks to you most clearly in his word and who speaks to you in the life of his son, Jesus. And you discover that life in his word. And right now, some of you, this is your moment. You need to open up to the Lord. You need to say yes to him. And so what we do is we spend time praying right now, asking you, are you ready to say yes to the Lord either for the first time or to recommit your life to him? Some of you, you've never really experienced, really experienced a relationship with God. Now is the time to come to know him. And so I want to invite you to pray a prayer where you say, come in. Jesus said these words. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone opens up, if anyone opens up, I will come in. And the New Living Translation says, I will dine with him as with a friend. We'll have a friendship. And what do friends do? Friends talk. Friends share. Friends listen to each other. Jesus is more than willing and wanting to listen to you. You need to be listening to him. And you share love and care. And Jesus wants to care for you. He wants to guide you. He wants to reveal things to you. But it all begins with him knocking and you saying, come in, come in. And right now I'm hoping you say, come in. I really do. And I'm going to lead a prayer where you can say that to him, that you want to commit your life to him. Again, you may be doing this for the very first time. You may do it, me doing it to recommit. Uh, you know, it's interesting that passage that Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock is written to a church. It's written to Christians who needed to recommit. And this may be your moment to do that. It may be for your marriage. You know, some of you right now, your kids may be praying and praying you're going to get this right. That's what they want for Christmas. They want you to start getting along. They want you to start loving each other. They want to know their home can be a happy home. It's time. It's time for you to pray this prayer. For some of you right now, it may be just to get your, your life together. 
because you're feeling the chaos like Moses experienced or the confusion. Or maybe you're like Elijah and you're feeling that deep, sinking despair. And the Lord won't give up on you, but you need to call out to him. And so the Bible's very, very clear that it begins by you saying, come to me. I love this passage in James that says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. This is your moment. This is your time. But I'm going to ask you to really be open to the Lord and let him touch you and pray this prayer with me. And then if you pray the prayer and mean it, you got to do the next step. The Bible teaches that if someone makes a commitment to the Lord, they need to make it known. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what God wants. Jesus said, if you proclaim that you're mine in front of others, I'll proclaim that you're mine in heaven. He said, I want you to do it. Something happens when you do it. So I'm going to ask right now for us to pray that prayer together, either for the first time or to recommit or to find healing from hurt and pain or to find clarity in the midst of confusion. I want you to pray that prayer. And then if you pray it and mean it, I want you to take your phone or your computer or your iPad and I want you to text amen to 69922. The word amen means the truth. It means for real. And what you're saying is, I really mean this. And by the way, if you text that in, we're going to text you right back and ask, hey, tell us your name. Why? Because you need to proclaim you've done this. And when you do that next text, you're going to sense something happening. When you make yourself known, then we're going to have people praying for you. We're going to get Uh, information to you and tools and resources to you for free, by the way, to help you do better in your life. One of the things we're going to give you is an electronic copy of The Purpose Driven Life written by Rick Warren. One of the best books on discovering your purpose. And it's yours free because we care about you. We want this for you. Jesus wants this for you. So right now, right now, my hope is you're going to feel that gentle whisper, that prompting from the Lord to open up and say yes to him. Let's pray. Everyone here is going to be praying for you to say yes to the Lord. If you're online and a Christian, you pray for other people to say yes to the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I know without a doubt that you love us so much you gave the gift of your only son, Jesus. And it's aren't just words, they're truth. You gave the gift of your only begotten son, Jesus because you care. Like Tyler said, there's something powerful that happens when someone cares for you. And you care for the people right now who need to open up, who need to say yes. I pray you're stirring in the mind of a a man right now who's a father and a husband. And his kids really have been praying that they would get their act together as a couple. And I think that word, those words are important to him right now. It's time to get their act together. And I pray he as a father is going to pray this prayer. He as a husband is going to pray this prayer. And he's going to start loving his wife and loving his kids. Tonight, he's going to give them the most amazing Christmas gift they can get. A dad who loves you and loves them. I pray right now for more than one person that's fighting with depression. And it's a battle, Lord, they can win. If they have you, if they have your direction, and if they have help from others. But what matters most right now is for them to open up to you. 
I pray right now, God, for someone who's sitting there and there was a moment where we were talking and speaking and they could really sense your presence. I pray they're going to pray this prayer. So right now I'm going to lead the prayer. And I want you to actually whisper the words. Make them yours. This is what it means to be born again. That's what Jesus called out for. This is your moment. Pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sins. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone that's holding me down and holding me back. There's someone out there that needs to pray this part. I pray you'll give me the strength to stop, to stop doing the very things that hurt me and hurt others. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive and I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. Those are the only words you can say. I love to tell people that. If you haven't said anything else, just say those words. I say yes. I say yes to you and I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours in Jesus' name. And here's the word, amen. Amen. And again, if you can't say anything else, just go, Lord, amen, I'm for real. Amen, I mean it. And I want to say praise God if you prayed that prayer. Praise the Lord if you prayed that prayer. But make sure and let us know who you are by texting. But we could not be more excited for you. And we could not want you to experience God's love more. And for all of us, for all of us, uh, I, we all want to be in tune to the Holy Spirit. So may tonight be a night where we helped you get your spiritual antennas up to quote Charles Stanley, who I actually love to quote. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? One of the best things we could do after praying, uh, having a time like this is worship the Lord because the Bible says that the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. So don't tune out, don't click out. We're going to worship right now. Laura, take it away.
God, praise God. And I love that you are with us tonight. Praise God for your being here. Travis, happy birthday again. Uh, we want to say that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Jim and Edgar loved having you guys with us, so that was really cool. I do want to do a special shout out right now to Tim Adams, who's behind scenes. Tim's brother um, died of COVID uh, recently. And Tim, you are such a valuable part of our church family. And we all want to say we love you. We're with you. We're praying for you. We're praying for your family. And uh, don't miss how much you matter to us, too. Uh, as we go, may God bless you. May God's voice be apparent to you in multiple ways as your spiritual antennas are up. And may he fill you with joy. God bless you and have a great night.